Em, can you believe we are in our third season of Interview Boss? Not really. It's crazy. But that means there are over 90 episodes we've made. (gasps) Oh my God. Scrolling through all of our episode titles, you might miss an episode that actually is exactly what you're looking for. Yes, we get so many messages of people asking us to do an episode on something and we're like, we already have. So we've put together playlists to help you find the episodes that are best suited to you. If you're applying for jobs, we have episodes about resumes, cover letters and job ads. If you've been offered your dream job, we have episodes on resigning, exit interviews and how to impress at your new company. Yes, and we even have a playlist for if you have an interview like tomorrow and you need just our most recommended episodes, just the ones you really need between now and then. Exactly. It is all there for you. You can browse by category. Check out the playlist at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash podcast. But it's just that idea part, because when you sit down to prep for an interview, suddenly you're like, I've never done anything. What do I do every day? I can't remember. I've, ne- I've never achieved a single thing. I've never, what am I doing every day at work? I've got no thoughts. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Interview Boss. My name is Emma. I'm a radio journalist who's teamed up with my sister to give you advice, inspiration, and support when you're looking for a new job. Sarah is a HR and recruitment professional, and together we're excited to give you all the tips, tricks, and behind the scenes knowledge to help you in your career. Hey, Em, and welcome back, everyone. Who are we giving a giant interview boss shoot your shot shout out to this week? This week, it goes to the lovely Brooke. She shouted us three coffees, which was so lovely. One each and one to share. Yeah. She said, I started job searching in local government a month ago and I was so nervous as I've never had a real interview. Oh my gosh. So she must have just landed this all through networking, people she knows, informal chats. Wow. And I thought I may get stuck in my job forever. I found your podcast and listened to your episodes in the car, when I was working out, in the shower, anywhere I could. The thought of someone shampooing while listening to us is hilarious. There's definitely someone shampooing right now. Shout out to you if you're shampooing. Get those suds. Anywhere I could, I prepped like a boss and the interviewer told me it would be a while to sift through the applicants as it was a highly competitive position, so expect it to be weeks. The same day they were contacting my referees and the next day I was given a preferred candidate offer. Oh my God, thank you so much for the confidence boost and all your help. P.S. The notebook saved my life and I have shared the butt clench tip with all my friends. What a student. (laughs) The butt clenching is the real MVP and I kind of hate that like it wasn't one that we actually came up with. It was a random tip online. But hey, we give you tips regardless of where they come from. The notebook, however, I claim full responsibility for that. I love that she said it saved her life. So I like to imagine that she panicked and something happened and she had the notebook and she referred to it. That's so awesome. Wait, I planned for this. Yeah, exactly. Wait, I've got an option. I've got a safety net. If you are worried like Brooke that you might be stuck in your job forever and you want a little bit of help to get out of there, you can book a one-on-one coaching session with Sarah. You can find out all about them at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash coaching. You definitely don't have to be stuck in a job forever. And if you want to request an episode or you want to give some lovely feedback, we love to read that. That keeps us going. Slide into our DMs and that is exactly what Grace did for today's episode. So, oh, What a segue. 
right? Smooth. This is what Grace had to say. Most interviews are with my immediate boss who I work with every day and I'm often competing with my immediate team members who are also close friends. How can you be more confident in an interview when you know your boss knows all your examples or was there when these situations happened? I get such imposter syndrome with this because I'm worried they'll think I've overstated my involvement or taken credit for a situation tackled as a team. Any advice would be much appreciated. Yeah, and the context Grace added here is that she works in a pretty small industry, which is really competitive. And I think this is the case for a lot of people. I hear this a lot in coaching sessions, like when people are going for a promotion. Oh, but my boss is going to be there. You know, can I use the examples of stuff that I did in a team? My boss knows about that. Like, I can't really use that. They feel really worried about it. And I wanted us to talk first of all about why people might feel that it's kind of weird when your boss is sitting across the table from you. What do you think, Em? Well, I think that in interviews you like sell yourself. No, we don't say that. We don't sell ourselves. You sell your experience. But I mean like when you're telling a story, you're engaging and you're like talking about how great it was and that can feel weird if you're worried that he was there and like what if he didn't think it was so amazing or what if he thinks it sounds inflated? Yeah. You kind of can feel like, particularly if you've worked in that space for a long time, that these types of industries where you're going for an internal promotion, chances are there aren't many of them and it's really competitive and you've worked in that job for a long time. So maybe that boss, he or she is the one that taught you everything you know and you've worked there like 10 years or something. So you can kind of feel like they know all of your stories. It's unlikely you're going to be maybe pulling from previous jobs if it's been a while. So everything you use is going to be something that your boss was there for or is aware of. Definitely, except I just don't think this is the case. And we'll get into that. But my initial thing is like, your boss is so busy. They're not keeping a mental track list of every cool thing you've ever done. You know what I mean? Yes, that is true. They need a reminder. They might forget. Even when it comes to like end of year review time, as HR, we have to remind people like, don't just think about the last few months. Like you have to go back further than that. But it is kind of hard to remember. Like what did someone do 12 months ago that was good? I can't remember. They're not keeping track of that. Trust me. Yeah, that is a good note. I hadn't had that in my notes, but it's a good one. The other thing you might be worried about is like, I've heard people kind of phrase their answers like, oh, well, I don't want to explain that part because my boss already knows that. Like the background information piece, they don't want to be condescending. Like saying, it's really important that we sanitize those areas first so that the test is accurate. And you're like, well, the boss obviously knows those things. So you feel like you want to skip that background info because you feel kind of like, well, I sound stupid explaining these basic facts to someone who's an expert in this area. So that can be maybe what you're worried about. And we'll tackle that in a sec as well. Also, some people are also worried that maybe their boss saw the situation differently and you don't share the same perspective and You don't have the opportunity to gloss over things or fluff an ending. That's sort of what I was getting at before. You don't lie or inflate in an interview, but you know, you tend to want to wrap it up nicely and you you might be self-conscious that like, like, oh, and we did all of this and it was much better than before. But your boss knows that actually you ended up changing that process three weeks later and it didn't end up, you know, like there's just that context that they have. You might be worried about overstating things or taking credit for something you did as a team. That's something Grace kind of mentioned and I hear that a bit of like, oh, but that wasn't me, that was the whole team. Or, But you were part of the team. Yes, exactly. And we'll get to this in a second, but you don't have to worry about like it has to be just something you did on your own because if your job is to work in a team, then 
your examples will be working in a team and probably your new job will be also working in a team. So they need examples of where you're constantly working in a team. Like that's a good thing. Totally. So let's get into the advice. How can you handle this situation when your boss probably knows all your best bits? Well, this is the first kind of big piece that I gave to Grace because this was a little while ago. So she's already had her interview, I'm assuming. Grace, if you're out there, tell us how it went. Yeah, please get back to us. Tell us if you got the big promotion. I said interview questions and the interview itself is often not about showing your individual contribution, like your exact thing that I did specifically. You don't have to narrow it down to that. It's kind of about what did you do together? Why was it important? Why did you do each step? What was your individual contribution? But in that order, those things are more important. The logic. Yeah. And particularly when everything's done in a team, it's like, what did you contribute to that? But also just the team achievement together is still your story and it is still something that you can share. Yeah. Particularly when that's your job, like saying, oh, I did this and I did that might be weird if you are in a team. So don't try and make it sound like that or feel like you need to. Definitely. And if you're interviewing in a company that's fairly structured around promotions, so like healthcare, government, large corporate jobs, they might have to tick the box with the interview process. Yeah. Some companies will just pick someone and promote them, you know, like there's no kind of applications or the role doesn't get advertised and people can get upset about that. But equally, the other way seems really weird too. And it's like, there's a person who's a clear standout, they're ready for promotion. But you're giving everyone a go. Yeah. It feels almost like false hope for everyone else. Wait, I have something funny to share. Mm. Giving everyone a go, a chance, reminds me of when we were younger and it was someone's birthday and they were blowing out the candles and then our parents would have to light them all again and go around the circle and give everyone a turn of blowing out the candles. Did any other families do this? I feel like this is the big millennial thing of like, we were never told like you lost the race. It was like, oh no, you just came 56. It's fine. It's the same thing of like, it's not your birthday. You only get to blow the candles on your birthday. We were watching our home videos recently and asked our parents and uncle and we were like, why? Like, this is ridiculous. It's not their birthday. Not everything's fair. And they're like, do you think we were doing this because we enjoyed waiting 30 minutes to go around? We did it because you all would chuck tantrums. I want to turn. So it was, yeah, anyway. And imagine, this is, I never thought about this until I was older. Imagine all the child spit on that cake. hundred percent. Oh. Trying to blow it out. They're just spitting on the cake. Horrific. And there was like six of us cousins. It would go round, you know. Yeah. And quite the exercise. They didn't get a happy birthday song, just FYI, if you're wondering. They just got to blow out the candles. I guess you could kind of maybe see it as like practice for when they had a birthday. They might be more likely to get the candles, right? Let us know if um, any other families grew up doing that. Giving everyone a go, that's kind of what a lot of large corporates and healthcare and government stuff, they'll have to advertise a role, allow people to apply, go through the interview process. And whatever way you look at it, like there's pros and cons to each way of doing things. Sometimes it can be a bit of a tick the box kind of process. And what I mean by that is they might have a pretty good idea of who they might be interested in promoting already and who they wouldn't consider promoting already, but they have to do the interview process in order to have evidence to actually say that this is who we want to go forward with. For Grace's situation, they might already know she'd be great at the job, but they just need to do an actual interview to solidify that she'd be great at the job. Yes, sometimes. But sometimes she has to do well enough in the interview so that they can help justify why she's the right one. Like if she's amazing and they want to promote her and she tanks the interview and she doesn't give any good examples, 
they might go, oh, I wanted to promote her, but we can't because our process doesn't let us do that. There's heaps of variables in that. It depends on your company and you'll probably have a better idea than me what your company is like with this stuff. And if you don't, find out, ask some people. If you're working somewhere that does this kind of stuff, other people will know. Talk to your work bestie about it. Hey, Job Hunters, big news. Our all-new course, Interview Academy, is live and ready to transform your interview game. It's all the strategies from Sarah's one-on-one coaching, but without the limited time slots. Yep, it takes you step-by-step-by-step through crafting your career story, coming up with your awesome best bits, and all the practice you need. And guess what? It's at a special launch price, never to be seen again. Get more information at interviewboss.com.au forward slash interview dash academy. It's linked in the show notes below. Now, something to consider that your performance in your role that you've had and your reputation matters, even if they don't specifically say that. So kind of like what we were just saying, you can't just go in and nail the interview, but you are a bit lazy and you know you don't get along with people that stuff matters in your other job that you're doing right now even if they don't say that it does and I always tell this to people who are going for internal roles in like a different department or something even though they don't say that they are 100% talking to your manager in the different area and asking about you we talk about this in our like internal job interviews episode that absolutely is factored in even if it's not said explicitly. Like I said, you still often have to do justice in the interview, but it's a good thing that all your hard work that you're doing, clearly, if you're listening to this podcast, you're great at your job. We know that. All of that's going to count on your side. Definitely. And you do still need to spell things out for them. Even though they know you, you need to be clear and don't gloss over it. And it's like if you had some big win, if you don't mention it in the interview, they might not be able to use it for their process. You know what I mean? Like you kind of have to- To go into bat for you. Depending on the company, they can't use things in the interview that they know you did if you didn't mention them. So much more important to have a think about your best bits. How do I fit those things in there that I want you to know about? And I feel like this next one comes into what I said before about how your boss is freaking busy with a million things on their mind. Yeah. Don't assume that they know the story and skip over the details. You might be tempted to go too casual and say something like, oh yeah, you know, when that thing came up last week, that's a good example of problem solving. But your boss might know, right? They knew that you came to them and said, hey, this is the problem we're having and we're a bit stuck. And then they sort of helped you come up with something. But they might not know that leading up to that, you tried 50 things on your own. You spoke to this person, you tried this, but then that didn't work, that didn't work. So they might know the tip of it. Sure, yeah, you had a problem, but they might not know the initiative and like they don't know the full story. Or also the thinking that went on in your head. This one was kind of like similar to not doing the background information of like, oh, well, you you know that rollout, you know what that stakeholder was like, right? And then you skip over actually saying what that stakeholder was like. That stakeholder was so difficult and it made it really hard for us to progress. Exactly. And if you really want to put it in there to make it not weird, you can be like, well, Jackie, as you know, the stakeholder that we dealt with was blah, blah, blah. But you still have to explain those things. And I've got the tip here is when you're telling your examples, share it as if your boss was a stranger or someone from a different department where they assume that they know the terminology, but they don't know the stories and the examples and the background and the importance of things and like they're brand new in the role. Maybe if there's someone else on the panel, that can be really helpful. Think about you're telling your stories for them. 
you're not. You're telling it for both of them. And I don't want you to just focus on the other person. But if it helps you imagine it that way, I'm giving all this background information for the HR person or for the recruiter or for the other person on the panel. That can be helpful. So obviously, it's important to not, you know, fluff things up and embellish a little bit. You can do this more when it's not your boss, but you need to be more careful. You just do. And I think that's what people are really worried about with having their boss there. But it is true. Like, you can't say, and then we saved the company this many thousands of dollars if that wasn't true and it was less of an impact. And that's okay because our advice always is that it doesn't need to end up wrapped in a little bow. It doesn't always have to be this heroic thing. It can just be like, and then I learnt something and I'll never do it that way again. Like, it doesn't have to be a really lovely end of like, oh, and it fixed everything and we saved money and it made everything easier. Your endings are perfectly valid to be, oh, well, and it's still going. We're still working on it. Yeah, this is ongoing. Um, Oh, we don't really know the results yet, but here's what I've felt about the process. Or, oh, some things worked, some things didn't work, but we're closer now. It doesn't have to be a really fluffy ending. And just be careful about adding details that didn't happen. Now, if internal roles are coming up regularly, Keep a running track of situations that might make a good example and noting down while it's fresh what you might be able to add. For example, you went and got X thing because you knew it would be needed or you did X and made sure to inform everyone to keep up communication. Yeah, particularly when you're always in a team. I think that's really helpful. And I think this piece of advice goes for anyone not in this situation. It's good to keep an idea of examples in t- like ahead of when you're have seen a job application and it needs to be in by that night and the pressure, it's like updating the resume. Keep a list of great examples. Keep a little list. Open up your notes in your phone and have a little running list. Every time you think of something, just jot down a few words to prompt you on like what that situation was. And you can remember it and go and structure it and do it properly later. But it's just that idea part because when you sit down to prep for an interview, suddenly you're like, I've never done anything what do I do every day? I can't remember. I've, ne- I've never achieved a single thing. I've never, what am I doing every day at work? I've got no thoughts. So yeah, keep a running list. But I think this is really important when you know that when these jobs comes up, you are going to apply. Everyone else is going to apply. It's going to be harder for you to differentiate. So I think it's even more important to keep track of them when they come up because you know in your industry, that's going to be the way that you get that job is when it comes up and everybody applies. For sure. Now, can you give us an example of like answering a question on teamwork or problem solving? Yeah. So this is a science example inspired by one of my coaching sessions. And this isn't going to really make sense because I haven't thought of a real proper story behind this. But your examples don't have to be massive groundbreaking things. And we've talked a lot about this in our What Makes a Good Best Bit episode. So go and listen to that if you need more help with this. But this might be how I added value when the majority of what I do is just together with other people. I'm never really working on my own. So it might sound like this for teamwork or problem solving. Yeah, well, when we process the weekly lab samples, we always need the pipettes and the beakers ready. So we usually prepare those the morning of before we start the process. But sometimes when there are a lot of samples, we actually need extra boxes to put them in at the end. And last week when I was processing samples with Joe, I had actually noticed the day before that there was a really long list coming up. So I grabbed some extra boxes the night before so that we could get straight into it in the morning. And it meant that we were more prepared and we could save a little bit of time at the end and go straight into our next activity, right? That's a tiny little difference that I've added to that, right? But you get to talk about the lab work, the pipettes, the beakers, the teamwork working together. But there's also a tiny little bit in there that was something that I added, right? 
that's a very short version. You would add way more detail to that, but it's very hard for me because it's a fake example and I don't know what the pipettes and the beakers are for. But yeah, you would go into the background of like what you're doing, how the information comes through to you. You would add to that situation and say, you know, we get sent the list the night before, but we don't always get a chance to do anything with it. And sometimes it's a short list and sometimes it's a long list. And then after we do that, we have to go straight into a team meeting. So it's always really rushed at the end. And thinking about all those things, when I got this long list through, I thought ahead and blah, blah, blah. You want to break down your thinking, your planning, the reasoning, the background information, all that stuff in structure and add in that tiny little bit of here is the bit that I added or here is the way that I you know, always ask Joe to double check with me or at the end I always do this bit. Break that stuff down. That's how you can say, hey, we do this together, but here's my little bit. Here's how I think about it. I love it. Our last little note, Em, the question from Grace actually said as well, all of your friends and your teammates are also applying for the same job. That can be super awkward when you're all going, oh, have you applied? Have you applied? Oh, yeah. Did you get an interview for this one? Oh, when's your interview? You're all kind of comparing notes. Like, how would that feel, do you think? Well, this has happened to me many times. So where I'm in a really sort of cutthroat industry where there's not many opportunities and yeah, I've definitely struggled with this. Like I've seen a lot of people come before me who didn't get the opportunities. And then when I did, I sort of felt a lot of guilt about like, why did I when I'm not necessarily any better than them? Like they were amazing and would have done a great job too. It's sort of obviously your hard work and your experience, but it's also a bit of luck about what was happening at the time. And so I've definitely been through this and a couple of other colleagues at work have been through it more intensely, like where, you know, two people were battling for the one position. With me, it was more years before I had friends that missed out and then later. And that is tough. It is really tough. But I just think if you're good enough friends, it'll be fine. Did you share tips and stuff beforehand or afterwards or tell them what you were doing for prep or like how did you kind of do that part? I did. Like I said, because my close work friends, it had been a couple of years since they had been through it. I Mm. didn't have to tread as sensitively, but I definitely was careful to not sort of brag or be really excited. I just sort of, you know. I think you would do the debrief after. Like, I don't think you're necessarily like, sure, you do the chit chat of like, oh, when's your interview? Are you nervous? Or like, whatever. And I think afterwards, it's okay to debrief with your colleagues. Like you're better together. Talk about like, oh, what did you say for that question? Oh my God, did you get this one? That was really hard. I found that really tricky. And you can be like, oh, I said this. And you might get ideas from them for next time. Because again, like you getting the job or someone else getting the job doesn't mean that you'll never get it. Like your success doesn't come at the cost of someone else's success and vice versa. You can both win long-term together. And if it is you that gets the role, send them your interview prep, show them what helped you or some of the things that you did in the lead up to have more examples. I think that would be my other takeaway is that if you need to stand out amongst your colleagues who do the same job every day, you need to do things differently to your colleagues to stand out. Like you have to volunteer for things, to take on extra stuff, to do little bits and pieces around the place so that you have something to talk about above and beyond your colleagues. And I think sometimes people skip that part and just go into the interview and say, well, I do my day-to-day job. And that's sometimes not enough, particularly if you've got colleagues who are doing extra bits and pieces. Nice. Thanks so much for listening to Interview Boss. If you like hearing the sound of our voices, hit that follow button in Apple or Spotify, or better yet, tell someone else about the show. That's how we can hit the charts and help even more people. 
For more advice, inspiration, and some fun reels, check us out on Instagram at interviewboss. We've been your job search besties and helped you in some way. There's a cool way you can support the show. Shout us a virtual coffee. We get a huge kick out of reading all of your success stories. Head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash interview boss and shout us a cuppa. If you keep us caffeinated, we can keep the content coming.